What's up? Welcome back to another episode of From the Stands Podcast. We have our very first guest on the episode today. Everybody give a nice round of applause for Jack. Appreciate it. Really appreciate having Jack on today. He got to sit in some wonderful I-75 traffic, so he's ready to talk. Um, so we're going to get into Jack is a big football guy. A um, little bit longer to go until the NFL season, but college football is right around the corner. So we're going to go over some predictions today. Um, and I have a feeling Jack is going to hit the nail on the head. So we're going to start so. with the with the SEC. And we'll start with some of the bigger guys, some of the bigger names in the SEC. So let's start with normally everybody's favorite in the SEC. Maybe not this year, but we'll start with Alabama. Oh, I guess I'll get us started. So uh, I, I I have no faith in Bama's quarterback this year, their quarterback selection, or their wide receivers. Um, I don't know. I don't feel like they have the offensive firepower that they've had for the last seven years, honestly. Okay. Since they've had Bryce Young. Before that, they had Mac Jones. Before that, they had Tua Tagovailoa. Before that, they had Jalen Hurts. Like, they've always had this offensive – weapon at the quarterback position that you can use in a multitude of ways and this year they just it feels like they're kind of lacking that and there's no like star power back there and uh I feel like that's where it comes like my main concern with them comes from at least I just I have no faith in that quarterback position I think between that and the coordinators this year yeah um they're in for I'm projecting their worst season maybe not in the Saban era but in the last decade for sure. How many wins you got Bama at this year, Jack? I've still got him at 11 with their only loss coming at LSU. I okay. still have faith in that defense, and I, I'm going to have faith in Saban until until there's, uh, until he dies, honestly. Yeah, okay. I'll have faith in Saban until he dies. That's solid. The The thing that's, that's holding me back from getting that win over LSU is, well, like I said, the quarterbacks, but the reason I think I'm so worried about that position is because they brought in – I can't say his last name, but the Tyler Buckner kid from Notre Dame after spring ball. So they had watched all of their quarterbacks come in and rotate through and get their plays in and get their reps in in front of all their coaches and players with first team, second team, and they still decided that they needed to bring someone else in because they didn't feel that they could compete with the quarterback that they had, I'm assuming. So that's what's kind of holding me back from that 12-0 season that we're used to seeing Alabama have. I think they drop one to LSU. Obviously, we'll get into LSU a little more in a bit, but I, th- I think that's where they drop their their one. How do you see the A&M game going? I think A&M's going to keep a lot of games close this year. I think they, they've got way too much talent to go, what was it, 5-7, and 4-8? and eight, like Yeah, last real year. bad. I think, real bad. I think another year under Jimbo, I don't really trust Jimbo, but Jimbo with new players, with all these five stars now being sophomores, I have a hard time believing they can go 4-8, four 5-7 and, four and, and seven again. I you, think they'll keep it a lot closer. You don't see them being able to beat Alabama this year, though. You don't think they pull off another quote-unquote upset. A&M didn't win last year. It wasn't last year? Mm-hmm. Year before? It was, it was close. Okay. I, A&M is still going to be bad. They're still going to be bad. Yeah. Same, I don't thing, think, same thing with Alabama. They both made very core mistakes in hiring two piss-poor offensive coordinators. Alabama got Tommy Reese out of Notre Dame, who has not, not, not run a competent offense. Texas A&M just won up to him and got Bobby Petrino. <laughs> 80, he's like 80 years old. Petrino was such a bad hire, dude. 
He's been. When's the last time he coached before this? I think he was the OC at Louisville. Louisville. Yeah. Louisville. Yeah. Like recently though, he's mm-hmm. he's mm-hmm. been there. I believe so. When was he hired? Yeah, Lamar. He did have Lamar, yeah. I believe. I didn't know he was still. That's like that's like Andy Reid calling the place for being enemy though. He's just yeah. there just to be there. <laughs> yeah. He was just there to collect a check. <laughs> yeah. He wasn't doing anything important. All right, so we talked about Alabama, and you were talking about they're going to have that loss to LSU. So how do you see the Tigers' season going? And Lance is so eager to hear Jack's predictions for this one. Uh, I actually have them going eleven and one as well. I think okay. they're bringing back so much talent, um, and I think with Jaden Daniels, what is it? Is he fifth year now? Uh, yeah, he spent three years at Arizona State before he transferred. I think another year with him and Les Miles working together. Not, not Les Miles, Brian <laughs> you're, Kelly. You're her a I'm little ways little, back. Little yeah, a little ways off. Uh, with another year with uh, those two together, I think they're going to have another great season. Um, I mean. I think, like I said before, before we started shooting, I think their only loss comes at A&M in the last week of the season again. I know it's kind of a revenge game because they beat him last year, but I think they get him again because at that point they'll already have the division locked up. They'll have the West. They'll have their ticket. And they might be looking ahead to the eventual SEC East winner. Um, I don't really think there's a point in hiding who I think that's going to be. <laughs> no, um, I think we all know. But I think they'll be looking ahead to Georgia. They'll be caught in a little bit of a trap. I know Brian Kelly's a smart coach, but I think that's where they get that that one loss. I would see their one loss, if they have one this year, to Florida State in the opener. The only reason I say that is I think Jordan Travis is going to be a dog. I think he's going to be the second or third best quarterback in college football behind only Caleb Williams and... Somebody else who might come out and have a stellar season. I don't think that's Drake May. I think Drake May is way too overhyped. He plays in a weak ACC. I mean, the best team is Clemson, who we all saw last year absolutely fall apart. So the only reason that being is because I think Jordan Travis is going to be a dog. And I think that's, uh, in my opinion, a trap game. Beginning of the season, you're opening up against a Florida State team that really hasn't been good since Jameis was there. The last time they were super prominent. They are poised for a big year this year in the ACC. They finally got some talent. They finally, it looks like, found their coach, which has been the big issue with that program since Jimbo left. Um, He really screwed them over when he walked out the door the way he did. Um, So I think they've kind of put all the pieces together to be a competitive program this year. And I think it might be a game that LSU is overlooking slightly. I think you're wrong. I I I'm sure you I think, think I am. I think you're. I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider it a trap game, considering it's a top ten matchup first game and first game of the season. And they and they, they beat us last yeah, year. Yeah, they lost last on year. a block extra point. Yep. And we had two muffed punts. But they're yeah. better this year. We're a lot better this I year. I think as LSU well. is also better. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying, talent wise, and they've got they found their quarterback. Who's going to be – did he start all of last season? Travis? Yeah, yes, but I don't yeah. think he was great. I thought he got hurt he at showed some fl- point. I think he showed – he might have missed a game or two, but I think he showed a lot of great flashes, obviously. But with the LSU-Florida State game, I think that game is like – has they, they have so much spite behind that game. LSU fans and LSU players and coaches do. Like, losing the way they did would light a fire under any – 
college football team, Absolutely. especially getting the chance to play them again in their home state the first game of the season and make a statement. I think that game's like a 50-50 game, but I give the edge to LSU because of the, the mindset, and I think they have the advantage coaching, and I think they have the advantage at quarterback. I'm not high on Brian Kelly. I never have been. I never will be. Um, in my opinion, he'll never be like a winner. He's a he's in my opinion, he's a Mark Rick. Ah. He's a Mark Rick. He's a ten okay. win a year guy. Yeah. All your fans love him because you don't lose games. You make it to bowl games. You know, you play in, in big bowl games, but he just can't find that way to get over the hump. Now, he never one thing I will give him credit for is he never had a premier quarterback in Notre You're Dame. Talking about Ian Book, Ian bro. Book, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to give him a little Sean bit of credit Kaiser, here. Sean Kaiser was. Oh, give me a break! <laughs> Come on, man. So he's never had a true like number one quarterback, which is one of the reasons I do believe that he can be a better coach at LSU. However, he has in his career at Notre Dame been the epitome of a Mark Rick. Mm-hmm. Had we never gotten rid of Mark Rick, Georgia would have never won a natty. Never we would have kept having five-star after five-star recruiting class, top five recruiting classes, and every year lost one or two games that we shouldn't have and continued to still probably come out of the East, I believe, but continue to lose to Alabama because he just didn't have that winning edge. That's how I view Brian Kelly. So it'll be interesting to see how the Tigers come out this year. Again, I'm not saying that I think I'm with you. I think it's a 50-50 game, especially those top 10 matchups in the first week of the season are always very interesting. I mean, you look at a Clemson-Georgia two years ago that was tied at a field goal apiece in the fourth quarter that came down to you know, a pick six. So yeah. anything can happen in those top 10 matchups. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think we're going to see a lot of offense in that game. I think it's going to be a really exciting week one matchup. Um, I am a little partial to the Knowles, so I would like to see the Knowles win. Um, but I do think it'll be a close game. They definitely have the advantage with a proven established quarterback in Jaden Daniels. So I do give them the credit for that there. But I think Jordan Travis could have a big game in that game. So I think it'll be an interesting game. What's your What's your score prediction for the game? See, that's tough because that would put me having to pick a winner. <laughs> yeah, that is the idea. And I don't – I'm like – I'm completely split. I think it's going to come down to who has the ball last. Really? I'm going to say – I'm not going to pick a winner. I'm just going to tell you what I think my final score ends up being. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say 38-35. I, I was just thinking about it. I said – I was saying in my head 35-31 – in favor okay. of LSU, obviously. So, favor, but. I think the Tigers are the favorite. So, if I have to pick a winner, if I have to pick a winner, I'll say LSU 38-35. However, I think it'll be tied up 35-35, and it's really going to come down to who gets that last drive, who can get down into field goal range. It's fair. I'm a little partial. <laughs> Just Not calling it a blowout. I think we win 31-23. No, I've I've definitely got I've got both teams in the thirties. I think we've got sure. I think we've got I don't think your I don't think your defense is, is twenty three good. I think I, it is this year. I we, think it's other than Georgia, I think we have maybe the best front seven in the SEC. It's we have our 
All-American D-lineman coming back last year who tore his ACL in that Florida State game. Yeah. Mason Smith. You do have the second-best defense in the SEC. I will give you credit for that. I was just about to say, I think it's going to be a really, really good test for um, Travis. Uh, I forget his last name. Travis. Jordan, Jordan Travis. Travis. Jordan Travis. Yeah, open um, up the season. Facing that front seven, especially facing – I think it's going to be really fun to see how Harold Perkins has pro- progressed this offseason. Playing a quarterback as nice as Jordan Travis, playing an offensive line who's pretty solid. I think it's going to be a really, really interesting battle to see how uh, Travis handles the pressure, the pressure of Perkins and the pressure of Smith. And that's Can he move like he's supposed to? Exactly. I Can think he move be, like he's supposed to? I think it's going to kind of be a, a look into how the season's going to go. If you think he's going to have one of those great seasons, it's going to start with beating Perkins – uh, in that front seven, first game of the year. So you've got LSU, SEC West champions. I do. You've got yes. Alabama finishing second in that division, I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. And we won't really dive too much in depth into these teams because after those two teams in the West, there's really not much competition. Mm-hmm. How do you see the rest of that division shaking out? I have Ole Miss uh, going 9-3. and three. I think <sighs> Quidshaw Jenkins is unbelievable. Just a stud. Um, he's going to be really, really good this year. I think uh, I forget what famous coach said it, but he said if you have if you have two quarterbacks, three quarterbacks, you have none, and they have three. three. I think in Dart, Dart, Dart was their starter. Sanders transferred from Oklahoma State. Yep, and um, Walker Howard. Walker Howard. Transferred Sanders transferred to me. Didn't make any sense either. No, I didn't. I mean, you're a bona fide starter. It. Was it Oregon State or Oklahoma State? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. State. He was like a three, four-year starter there. Yeah, he he holds the record at Oklahoma State for passing yards, I'm pretty sure. I guess I was thinking it was Oregon State, so I was mistaken because that's still, in my opinion, still a pretty good football school. Has been yeah. at least over the last few years. So I guess coming from Oklahoma State, though, if you get a chance to compete for not only a, a, a large Power 5 school but an SEC school, you've got to take that opportunity. But it didn't uh, – it definitely – Kind of caught me off guard. Um, who are your? Who's the worst team in that division to you? I have Auburn and Mississippi State both going five and seven. I okay. actually think Auburn's on the uptrend. I actually think they're going to be pretty solid over the next couple of years going forward. Um, I think Hugh Freeze is a was a really really good hire, and I think really were, yeah. I actually okay. Do. I was not a fan of that hire, and I'm a Georgia fan, so I like when they make bad decisions, and I thought that was. A bad one, in my opinion. I haven't liked it all what I've seen out of Hugh Freeze so far at any of his other tenures. I mean, he was solid, he was solid at, at Liberty. At Liberty, but it's but Liberty. I'm right. I'm not I know he's not like the most special play caller, play designer, like he's not the most special coach in that aspect. His recruiting though is incredible. He's came into Auburn, who was a program in despair for the last four years, like nothing going for him. And he's already pulled two five stars, flipped one from Alabama, flipped one from Georgia. Uh, People I, want to play for him, and I guess I'll, I'll give him that. But he's really going to have to show something this year yeah. to continue that trend. Yeah. To I mean, continue that trend. It's really easy to come after Harkin after what he did. Like, they're just looking for some sort of progression this year, I think. And if they can hit that – if they can get to a bowl game this year, I think that's a success. And then next year going forward, I think they're looking for – Seven, eight, nine wins, following year, nine, ten wins. Okay. We already, I mean, you're wearing the hat. We both agree on this one. We know our SEC East winners. We've got the dogs, obviously, undefeated for me. Yep, same. I, I figured you would agree. Um, a lot of people have their questions about our quarterbacks. 
They have their questions about Carson Beck. I believe in Kirby Smart. He's given me no reason not to thus far. Mm-hmm. I think I personally thought Vandegrift was the best quarterback in that QB room. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Kirby and the staff saw something different. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the decision at first, but you have to trust somebody who's won back-to-back national championships. And obviously, Carson Beck is showing you something for you to bypass two five-stars in your quarterback room to put him up on that pedestal and name him the starting quarterback. Do you see him finishing the season as the starting quarterback? I do. I will say I had the exact same opinion as you going into the offseason. After after the national championship, I wanted Vandergriff. Um, but I was actually talking to somebody about this three days ago, and he's got he's got some sources inside the inside the team. And we were talking about it the other day, and I was like, I don't know if I agree with the Beck decision. And uh, shout out Bobby. Um, but Bobby... He was telling me that in their most recent scrimmage um, against, he was playing first team reps. This was, I think, four days ago. He was 23 for 26 for 398 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks against our first team defense. Against the best defense in the SEC. Yeah. And obviously it's, it's practice, but I didn't really think he had the capability to throw consistent balls, consistent deep balls, pick apart defenses like that. All we've kind of seen from him is check down, check down, check down when he gets in the games. And I'm not saying that this one practice makes a difference, but it, it, it reassured me just a little bit. And I, I do think he hangs on to that job. I definitely think he's going to come out. I think if he's going to be really good this year, we're going to kind of see Stetson 2.0. We're going to see so, somebody who is like a great... Just like four inches taller. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a great game manager. Yep. Finds the open man, mm-hmm. does not force the issue, mm-hmm. and can move well outside of the pocket. Mm-hmm. For, you know, if you look at him, you're not... Obviously, you're not thinking a great runner, but right. you look at Stetson, you think the same thing. So uh, we've got. I am, you know, I'm going to be honest. I'm not familiar with the with the running back group this this year. I do know the defense, as always, is going to be loaded. Yep. Um, that front seven is just going to be absolutely disgusting. I am so excited to see Nazir Stackhouse get his chance as a standout guy. On the line this year, I think it's been really nice to rotate. You go from Jordan Davis to then you go to Jalen Carter. Jalen Carter, yep. And now you've got Stackhouse. I mean, really not losing anything as far as that's concerned. Um, lost, you know, a few guys to the first round of the NFL draft this year on defense. And you just replace them with five stars. So I think that defense is going to be solid. Um, so undefeated, you've got them in the SEC championship, obviously. Yep. You got them winning the SEC championship, I I assume. As boring as it is, yes, I t- I do have them winning again. Okay. I I also have them as repeat. Obviously, a little biased. Um, <laughs> it's just a hair. I think it'll be a lot better game this year against LSU. I agree. I don't think it's a blowout. No, yeah, no twenty point blowout in this one. No, not not happening. I think it's a closer game, but I think we definitely have the edge on coaching. Yeah, we. I think we'll have just as much of a competent quarterback. I still give us. I, the I edge. give y'all the edge for. Sh- I give LSU the edge for sure. I, I'm it's still just to our style. I think he's going to fit well. I don't think we're really going to miss a beat as it, far as that's concerned. I think it's just going to come down to whether or not the lights get too bright over the course of the season for Beck. Yeah, he's played in a couple SEC championships. The first one LSU was blowing y'all out. This past one, y'all are blowing us out. 
that's the biggest stage he's been on. But he has not been in an environment like yeah, but it's, at Neyland at night or he's running the rock. It's his game in the SEC championship. I mean, I'm just the only reason I'm not concerned with that is because he is. I mean, and it is just practice. We just talk about practice, like AI said, but he's going against the best defense in that in the SEC in the nation. and maybe yeah the entire nation. So he's not like it's not lackadaisical. Kirby Smart wants them to hit each other in the mouth in practice, so he's getting some good live reps. I think we've got a few tune-up games to start the season with. And then I think our first, like, true test is Auburn. South Carolina. Week it's three. South Carolina first. Okay. So, I think that'll be a great test for him. I don't think South Carolina's coming with anything. I don't. I'm not a huge Spencer Rattler fan. Um, I think it'll be closer actually, than what people are expecting. I actually, I actually think that's, like, our – if we're going to lose a stupid game, like, we could lose to Tennessee. If we're going to lose a stupid game – The stupid game is always South Carolina. It's going to be South Carolina. It happened three years ago now. Yeah. They beat us. Home, had yeah, no reason to beat us. Um, that game and the Missouri game are always two trap games. Yeah. I think South Carolina is just – usually when we play these SEC East teams, we're playing against um, Felipe Franks or we're playing against Brady Cook or someone who I'm not really scared of at the quarterback position. Although I don't think he's like a first-round draft pick – Spencer Rattler showed flashes last year, especially in that Tennessee game, where that he can be dangerous if you catch him on the wrong night. And I think if we if if he catches the right groove and if we're not paying attention to what we need to be paying attention, just caught sleeping a little bit, I think he could have a good game and we could get caught in danger. I don't think it's gonna happen, but I I just believe our secondary is one of the best in the nation again. But it definitely it will be. So uh who's your second team in the East then? I have Tennessee. Okay. I know they lost a lot. I have them going 10 and 2. Um, Who's the two losses to? Georgia and Alabama, I'm pretty sure. Okay. Um, I mean, typical Florida schedule. They have to play both of us every year. Um, I Losing Hendon sucks. Losing Hyatt sucks. Losing Cedric Tillman sucks. Like, it's, it's. What are your thoughts on Joe Milton? I think he has the biggest arm of any quarterback I've ever seen in my entire life. However, that doesn't always Equate equal to. wins, and it doesn't equal um, perfect passing. You you saw at the end of that uh, South Carolina game after Hendon went down, he had multiple looks uh, when he got down towards the end zone where he, I think he threw a ball honestly maybe 10 yards over a receiver's head. From about 20 yards out. He was throwing balls like Jacob Eason in his first year at Georgia. He was whipping the ball around. He did have some nice throws. He did have like a 58-yard ball in the air down the sideline, I remember. Um, that was gorgeous. And then he came right back two plays later and, like I said, threw a ball like 15 yards over somebody's head. Um, I don't have confidence in Joe Milton's ability to lead a team to, to uh, a tough win. I think he'll lead teams... To good, he'll lead Tennessee to good wins against Vandy and Florida and Kentucky. I don't think he has what it takes to pick apart a defense as good as Georgia's or a defense as good as Alabama's. I totally agree. We won't even get into the rest of the East because it's not going to be very good this <laughs> year. Let's skip over to the ACC. And who do you got in the 
we'll do it this way now for the ACC and probably the conferences moving forward. Who are your two teams in the ACC championship this year? So I have Clemson and Florida State. Um, Clemson's just – obviously they have their defense, as always, as the last 10 years is going to be solid. Um, I was listening to something on the way over here, actually, about quarterbacks. And doing this, I had my concerns about Cade Klubnick, like first year truly starting after the DJ disaster last year and the year before. Um, And his first year truly getting every start. And with first-year quarterbacks, so um, I'm forgetting who it is. It's um, Lincoln Riley and yep. his brother. His brother is now the offensive coordinator for Clemson. In their with first-year quarterbacks, his bro- I'm forgetting his first name. Riley has had uh, Tanner Mordecai, who led college football and passing a couple years ago at SMU, and then he had Max Dugan uh, with in his first year, second in Heisman. Um, had a ton of yards. Lincoln Riley in his first few years, because they came up together in the same coaching tree. Lincoln Riley, first-year quarterback, had uh, Baker Mayfield, who finished f- like fifth, fourth, and first in Heisman voting over three years. He had Kyler Murray, who won Heisman. He had Jalen Hurts in his first year, who won Heisman. And then he had Spencer Rattler, who didn't do great. Then he had Caleb Williams, first year, now a Heisman winner. It gives me a lot of confidence that no matter who the quarterback is for Clemson, they're going to have success because of the history between those two. Um, I think he's going to do well. I think they go 12-0. and I don't think they have a crazy hard schedule. I mean, ACC schedule, so they have a couple cupcake games built in. Um, I think they go 12-0. and I think their defense is always solid, like I said. But So we've got – we know we've got the one loss for Florida State. We're calling the LSU game. Yeah. So with that one loss, how many more losses do you think they take in the regular season? I've got one more to Clemson. Um, I think they drop that game in the regular season. Um, I think Clemson during during the, the regular season he- tends to be really solid in the middle of the season. We're going to see how they do towards the end. Um, but I think that as we saw with Georgia and Alabama two years ago, it's really, really hard to beat a team twice. twice. And I think FSU comes back in that ACC championship and wins the game. You got it. Okay. I, I does think a ten and two Florida State ACC champs beating an undefeated two. eleven and two. I'm sorry, eleven and two Florida State ACC champs beating the undefeated Clemson. Mm-hmm. Do they make the college football playoff? I don't think so. No. I have okay. I have my college football playoff set up. I think there's. This year in particular, I don't see a path for a two-loss team to get in. I, I, do, I don't either, so I'm, I do agree with that. I think there's a lot of talented teams who are going to have better records and easier schedules getting in. I also don't, I don't, see, a, I don't see a way where any ACC team gets in this year if, if it goes how I think it's going to go. I don't think you can lose late in the season um, to, and get into the playoff unless it's something crazy like Ohio State last year. Um, losing to the number two team in the country. Um, obviously, at that point, Clemson will be pretty pretty highly ranked, and Florida State will as well, being 10-2, and two, but I just don't see a route where two-loss Florida State gets in or a one-loss ACC runner-up gets in. Okay, so let's go to the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Who are your competitors in the Big Ten championship this year? I have Michigan and Wisconsin. I think Michigan gets it done again. I think they're Even, so talented. Okay. 
I think roster-wise, they're the closest thing to Georgia. I think Georgia's number one, but I think Michigan's very close, returning so many talented players on offense and defense. McCarthy. McCarthy returning quorum, getting Edwards back. Their whole offensive line is returning, I think, and they're all seniors or redshirt seniors too, and they've won the Joe Moore Award back-to-back years. They might have, and this is tough as to – you know, go against Georgia on this, you know, RBU, but they, I believe they're going to have the best running back tandem in mm. college football this season. I agree. And I don't know by the end of the season if it's even going to be close. No, it probably won't be. Blake Quorum's so good. Quorum could win the Heisman, and Edwards is a starter at 90% of Power 5 schools. Absolutely. Yeah. Who, who got hurt last year? Edwards. Edwards, okay. Well, actually, no. Edwards got hurt and Quorum got hurt because Edwards Edwards was hurt at the beginning of the season, I believe. I think. And Quorum got and hurt. Quorum got hurt at the Edwards end. came back and ran for like 200 yards yep. against Ohio State. Yes, he did. Yep. That's right. Yeah, so that's going to be the best running back tandem in all of college football. So I don't see Ohio State competing with Michigan this year. I don't either. You don't even think it's a competition? Nope. You think it's a two touchdown plus game? Well, last year, yeah. was, last year was three, wasn't it? Wasn't it like forty three to twenty one? It ran away with that game at the end, though. Back to back years, it's been Michigan dominations because the year before last year was the game Corm ran for five touchdowns. Five touchdowns, yeah, yeah. I think I don't think it's going to be a one possession game. I think Michigan gets them again, probably somewhere in the realm of forty two to thirty one. Somewhere okay, so in that ballpark. Michigan's twelve and zero. Yep. Wisconsin and sneaks in there at what? An ten and four. Okay. I think they playing eight in eight and four. Eight and four. Sorry. No, no, no. Ten and two. Ten and two. Sorry. Okay. Sorry, sorry. Ten and two. I think playing in that in that west side of the Big Ten is is. I think you could put a lot of teams in that division and they'd win a lot in the Power Five. Um, I think they just have the best chance. I like Luke Fickle a lot. I think he was a good hire. I think he's going to have another year under uh, up in Madison. And uh, I think he's got a good chance to turn that program around a little bit and get them back into contention. Now, do I think that Big Ten Championship is going to be close? Absolutely, Absolutely not. not. I think Michigan wins by probably 35 or more. It'll be a worse game than the Michigan-Ohio State game. 100%. As it normally is every year. <laughs> 100%. I think Iowa actually puts up a good fight in that in that division. I think um, picking up um, – who's the Michigan quarterback that transferred there? Um I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Cade McNamara. Cade McNamara. I think actually adding a decent quarterback for the past five years, they've had one of the best defenses in the country, and they cannot figure out the quarterback position. Um, They didn't score more than 13 points in, I think, eight games last year. It's hard to win. It doesn't matter how good your defense is. It's hard to win if you can't put up points in the Big Ten as well. Yeah. Which is normally a higher scoring, not as much defense conference yeah it's got the second most defense though out of power five right and we'll give it that yeah. the sec and then the big 10 and then it kind of falls off it's not like the big 18 now something like that big something 20 like that. big 28 yeah they can't call it the big 10 no more big 56 so you've got um so ohio state's got one loss to michigan mm-hmm. you've got them 11 and one or, or do we 11 see and one no 11, 11 and one, one. I okay think they, i think they beat penn state so where's Penn State at? And that's what I was waiting on. Where's Penn State at this year? Because a lot of people are high on Penn State. They're saying it's finally going to be their year. They are a talent. They are a talented team. I just don't. I can't trust their coach, and they just don't have the track record. No, I don't. I don't think so either. I think 
Michigan and Ohio State are just too talented. I think they win every other game on their schedule. I just think Michigan and Ohio State are too talented. They have been for the past couple years. Penn State has pulled one every once in a while, but um, I just don't think they have the offensive firepower. They're good. Drew Aller is going to be a, a good player, great player. I just, just don't think they have. They don't have much else to work with other than no, Aller. No, they can't. I don't think they have. They have a good running back. I think he's a sophomore. I don't know his name off the top of my head, but I've I was reading something about him. I think he's going to be a, a a pretty good player. Um, but I just don't think they have any sort of firepower to keep up with either of those teams. If the Rose Bowl is not in the college football playoff, I believe they will be playing in that game. Okay, a ten so. two. Did you hear about? So. Um, did you hear what Ryan Day said at a press conference like today or the other day? No. Camp is over, right? Yeah. Camp is done. Oh, they don't have a quarterback. He said, um, yeah, uh, I took a straw poll. Yep. And it was, it was basically 50, 50, split right? down the middle. Yeah. yeah. I did see that. They do not have a quarterback. And that's not a good look for uh, Buckeyes fans, which I'm okay with because – I don't even know why he would say of, that. Out of all the teams yeah. in the Big Ten, I can root against Ohio State the most. I agree. Um, so let's go – so right now, based on your conference winners, uh-huh. your top two are set. Yep, Georgia-Michigan, Georgia, 1-2, for sure. All right, so let's get into the Pac-12 now. Mm-hmm. You've got USC this year. They've yeah. got their coach. They've got their coordinators. They've got their quarterback. They've gotten some transfers. Yep. They've got their best recruiting class in years. Mm-hmm. How do we see the season playing out for the Trojans in the Pac-12? I know it's boring because I've already had two teams do this, but I don't see them losing this year. You've got them 12-0. I do, and okay. I don't know if we've ever had a season where three teams go 12-0. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. Maybe with the Cincinnati year, um, that might have been it. But I think the defensive transfers that they picked up, they picked up two or three guys from the SEC, one being Bear Alexander, who I think is going to make a big impact this year from Georgia. Um, Caleb Williams, another year with Caleb Williams and Lincoln Riley. I, I know their defense is poor. They were 106th in the country last year. Uh they and do also play in the Pac-12. They do. They do. And no Pac-12 teams are really up there, except for I think Utah was like maybe in the 40s. And they're going to have the highest scoring offense in that division. I actually don't think so. You do not believe so? I think Washington. Really? I have a lot of faith in Washington this year. Their defense was significantly better than USC's last year. I think they were in the 70s in team ratings, which is not good, but for the Pac-12, that's like being third in the country. Um, I have a ton of faith in Michael Penix this year. I don't know where it's coming from, to be honest. I he led the he led college football in passing yards last year. He had thirty one touchdowns and nine interceptions. They have two, like preseason All Pac twelve wide receivers. I think I don't remember either of those names off the top of my head, but I think that Penix has a really good chance to lead this team to a really good record. If he can catch his groove like he did last year, I think they have a good chance to to cause some disruption in that uh, in that conference. They okay. did they did today literally today lose their starting running back for the season. I did not see that. That doesn't help my prediction very much. So he might have a little bit of a different might might have a hiccup. Maybe flip because I have them beating Oregon this year, and I they I might flip that one around. I don't know who their backup is. I might I might flip that Oregon Washington game based on that. I'm not really sure. I'd have to see who their back who their who their 
But so at the moment, teams. you've got Washington ten and two. Mississippi I have them eleven and one. Eleven and one, with their one loss being two. Oh, they did get Mississippi State transfer. Actually, that is a good point. Who's a pretty good player? So um, we ran for twelve hundred yards in three seasons, but I mean, the guy they lost scored thirteen, 13 touchdowns. touchdowns Cam Davis was a dog. Yeah. So you've got their one loss being two. USC, USC. I believe. Yeah. Okay. And then Oregon ten and two, and then I have Utah at nine and three. You've got faith in Oregon this year. I do. I have a little bit. I think all four of those teams legitimately have a case to win this conference. This is my biggest question mark when it comes to conference play. I think they all four of them, as as little as some of you all would like to admit to a certain quarterback, have have high level quarterbacks this year. I think I think Caleb Williams, Michael Penix, Bo Nix, and Cam Rising can all make good cases this year. I uh, like Cam Rising. I do too. I like Cam Rising as a dark horse. Uh, he's an out there dark horse for, for Heisman, Heisman. I don't see it. Happening. I don't see him. But winning I can see him having the dude has been good. Yeah, the lights do not seem to get too bright for the young man. Never. He played through an injury. Was it last year or the year before? I think it was last year in the Pac-12 championship. He also got popped in that game. And he was already playing injured. Yeah. I mean, the dude balled out. He leaves it all on the field. He plays with a ton of emotion, which I love to see. Mm-hmm. The Utes are going to have another high-scoring offense in a Pac-12 that always is lacking on defense. Mm-hmm. I think their defense is going to show up again this year, for, again, for a Pac-12 team. Yep. I believe they could have the best defense in that conference. I agree. And I could see them in the Pac-12 championship again this year. Like I said, I think all four teams have a chance. I think they're all... Very, very good rosters. Not to jump too far ahead, but um, three of my top five Heisman candidates play on those four teams. I know I know. we know Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams. I think even having won it last year, he's the favorite again this year. I'd have a hard time seeing him winning again just because voters hard, fatigue yeah. is real. And Absolutely. who was the last one? The, the running back from Ohio State might have been the last one to do it. Was it... Archie Griffin Archie. is the only one to ever repeat, yeah. I believe. Yeah, Archie, that yeah. was in the seventies. Yeah, yeah. Was that, was it, did he play for Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Yeah, way back when. Um, I think it it's is hard really to repeat hard to win twice. I think, but if anybody could do it this year, it would. Be it Caleb, is going to be Caleb Williams. Yeah, I think. I know. I heard off camera before. You've got Bo Nix. Yeah, as a Heisman candidate. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's, honestly, probably. I didn't really give an exact order besides my one. Um, he's probably third or fourth on my list. I think another year with Dan Lanning is going to be scary for him. I think he played really well last year, even though I, as a former Auburn player, I didn't really have a lot of faith in him coming in. I think he has a lot more poise than he did at Auburn. Um, well, he is playing in a easier conference. That's so. true. Does give him a little bit more confidence, he, yeah. not having to play the likes of Alabama and Georgia every year. Every year, but he definitely is going to be able to play more free and easier this year. Yeah, um, I'm still not ever. I don't think going to have very much faith in Bo Picks. Um, I Oregon every year loses a game. Oregon every year loses the game they're supposed to. They lose the game they're supposed to. They lose one more close game that could have gone either way. And then they lose that one game that nobody saw coming that they never should have lost. Every year they lose to a to a UCLA or they get beat by Washington. Did they lose to last year? UCLA or, is no slouch. No, they're not. I have them going nine and three this year. 
Um, I mean, I don't know who their quarterback is. But, uh, they got um, a uh, Dante. I bet Dante Moore is starting oh, by middle of the middle of the season. Dante Moore is number be one. Legit. Was he number one quarterback in the class, or at least a five star? I know they he's definitely. A now they definitely start the season off better this year. They're not opening up with Georgia, which was a big. <laughs> I mean, that was a big hit to their season last year. Yeah, it just I think if they don't confidence. open up with Georgia, they had a chance to win the Pac-12 last year. Yep. You open up with a team like that, you get your ass beat. It's tough to recover. That early in the season, knowing now you really have no margin for error. So I do see Bo playing more freely. I'm just still not a big Bo fan. Who's your Pac-12 championship this year? I have USC playing Washington. Okay. Um, and I have USC winning. Okay. Um, so we've got, our, we've got three of our college football playoff teams. Yep. USC at number three or number four? Number three. Number I, think three. It's, I think it's really hard to knock anyone down for being an undefeated Conference champion in the Power Five. Okay. Um, before we get too far off the Oregon Trail, um, just really quick, they have a really, really interesting week two against at Texas Tech that I think could be a scary, scary game for them if they overlook it. I think Texas Tech has a chance to be a very sneaky Big 12 team. Um, and that's a game that I would not take your eyes off of if I was Dan Lanning or an Oregon fan. I think they have a, a sneaky good team that could kind of catch Oregon on an off day, maybe, especially playing in Texas. I think that's a just one to keep an eye on. Just that's one of that those games that they should not lose. But they, like I was saying, every year they have one, that's the game they lose that changes the entire course of their of their season. I could see I could see I don't think it's gonna happen, but it's a game where if it did, I'd be like, Okay. Like that's their, that's the that's Oregon their game. we remember. Yep. All right. So the Big 12, Mm -hmm. what are we seeing from the Big 12 this year? Because a lot of question marks. You've got two teams that are joining the SEC Mm -hmm. the following season in Texas and Oklahoma. Texas has a really interesting QB room going on. You've got Quint Ewers, Mm -hmm. which he's a dog. Quint Ewers got that dog in him. He's number three in the Heisman preseason If he doesn't get hurt last year, they beat Alabama. Agreed. They've got a good team. Now, they did lose... They're Sean running back Bijan. in Bijan. Yep. That's a big hit for them. They did They did get the number one overall running back. They have the number one overall running back. Uh, right now, he's a true freshman. They did. So, they've got a solid team. Now, here's my issue with Texas this year. You have a Manning on your team. Yep. You have a Manning that is more highly touted, more talked about, especially with social media, right? They didn't have it in Peyton and Eli's days. Right. But... More highly touted. He's supposed to be the best Manning that has ever walked the face of the earth when it comes to the quarterback position. Very tall task. You have somebody who went to Texas to play. Mm -hmm. He has the name, which is all he needs to play anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think they're going to run into a real tough situation on do we win or do we play Manning. Because I think if Quinn Ewers has one bad game and Texas loses one game that they were not supposed to lose, everybody's going to be calling for Arch Manning on that field. I agree. It's going to take a lot of poise from Sarkeesian not to put Manning in. Because we're not just talking about fans. We're talking about the Dean. We're talking about the Booster Club. We're talking about the Manning family. Like He's going to have all this pressure on him to start this kid for money. 
yeah. for money coming from every which way, even though we all know yours is the right play. Yeah. So that's what I think is going to hold Texas back this year from being a contender, is there's going to be too much off-the-field drama. There's going to be too much drama in the locker room. Mm-hmm. There's going to be too many things that Sark is really going to have to wrestle with where he might make a decision that isn't right in terms of winning. It's more, you know, for the school, for the money, that kind of thing. And I think that's going to be Texas's big pitfall this year. Yeah, I, I, I definitely understand the thing that where you're coming from with the with the booster and the dean and the Manning family. I, I definitely think it's a lot of pressure on Sarkeesian um, to make that decision. However, I think Ewers is a really good player. Like I said, he's third in Heisman preseason odds. He's got that dog in him. He Duke definitely plays. I don't see a world in which they pull Ewers unless they have three or four losses. I don't see a world where they do it, and I don't think they will. Um, so you don't think it, it, it two losses, Mm-mm. they're they're now like, the season's a wash, we need to get Manning in the game. No, because I think they know with two losses, they still have a chance to win the Big 12, and I think, I at least I hope, Sark is smart enough to realize that winning a Big 12 championship is more valuable to the program in terms of recruiting, in terms of ticket sales, than starting Arch Manning for the last three weeks of the season. Okay. I think... You, it's a lot more valuable um, to go ahead and continue to play Ewers, let Manning sit behind him for a little while, um, and go for that Big 12 championship, which I think they will, um, than to play Manning for a pointless three weeks, throw him into a fire that he might not even be ready for that might stunt his growth, um, than to just continue to play Ewers, I think it would be a really bad decision to do so. Okay. I like that take. So who's your Big 12 championship this year? I have Texas playing Kansas State. I think okay. Kansas State is still a, a good program. Um, there's really no massive, massive favorite that I see in the Big 12. I think Oklahoma's going to be okay. Um, I mean, 10-2. and two, they're, I, I think I don't have a ton of faith in Dylan Gabriel. Um Brent Venables is still proving to to us whether he can be a, head, a successful head coach. I think he will have a much better year than he did last year. Obviously, they lost a lot of guys to the portal. Um, but I think Texas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma all go 10-2. I think okay. all three of them do. But Texas and Kansas State have those head-to-head edges. and so You've got have, Kansas State beating Oklahoma this year. I do. Okay. I do. Um, Does the Big 12 winner make the college football playoff? No. So who is so that brings me we've we've kind of broken them down, right? We'll go last last team cuz they're in we'll call it a league of their own. Mm-hmm. Um and it's always my least favorite team to talk about. Um if you're not a fan of them, you do not enjoy them. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish. <laughs> um yeah, they actually have I I had their schedule pulled up earlier. They have a tough schedule. Because I remember going through, because when I was doing my predictions, I did it by conference. Um, and I remember seeing them multiple times uh, in the ACC, and I think they had at least two games against Big Ten teams. And they play USC every year, do they not? I think so. Um, so. Yeah, we definitely do. I think they have a really tough schedule. I think they could sneak a couple wins against some of these top-ranked teams. Um I don't think they can beat Ohio State. I, I think they play them again this year, do they not? 
Pretty sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, they play Ohio State week five. I don't think they have that one. I don't think they have the UFC game, and I don't think they have the Clemson game. I think they go nine and three. Um, what did they go? Did they go nine and three last year? Something like that with a loss to Marshall A and M and maybe someone else thrown in there. I think they go nine and three again, which I don't think is a horrible season considering their strength of schedule is actually decent compared to their last couple seasons. several years. Yeah. Um, with Sam Hartman coming in, I think is interesting. I think it could spice it up. I think they, it's much better than uh, Buck Buckner. I still don't know how to say his name. Uh, it's like, but I yeah, I still think that they're going nine and three. I think all three of those ranked teams that they play are just a little better and have the edge in all those games. I think they play two on the road and one at home, and I think the one at home is Ohio State, which to me is the game they least likely have the chance of winning. Yeah, I think out of USC. Ohio State and Clemson. Clemson Ohio yeah. State will still be the best team. I yeah. could see Notre Dame sneaking. I could I could see Notre Dame stealing that game against Ohio, Ohio State. State. Mm-hmm. If they're going to win one of those three games, to me, it's Clemson. It's Clemson. I I agree. I think Between they're used to ACC opponents. Clemson, Ohio State, and USC. Out of the three teams, Ohio State has the most volatile quarterback room, and it's somewhat early in the season, week five. They could it, it could it, it could still be a a quarterback toss up like quarterback toss up last year to start the year. I just I don't know how much faith I have in Club Dick, especially in a huge game like that. I think Ohio State can win in a multitude of ways. I think Clemson's really going to have to play behind the quarterback this year. We've kind of seen that the last couple of years. Club if Nick? the quarterback is not performing well for Clemson, we saw that with DJ. They're not winning games. Klubnik was good last year. There's a reason they took DJ out and started Klubnik early in the year. He could get him some wins. Um, we'll we're see. That's we'll Shipley's a good player, too. But Four. if Notre Dame is going to beat one of those three teams, to me, it's Clemson. I think it's Ohio State. I, I it's think an interesting one. I think they're talented enough to win any of the, any of the games. I think it's funny that none of us have said UFC, USC. I don't think their offense can keep up. And that would be my one, my one worry. I right think there for Notre Dame in that game. Yeah, I think Notre Dame's offense got better with Hartman. I mean, anybody else is better than Tommy Reese at, at OC. <laughs> so what they have to hire by Alabama. The thing for Notre Dame is they have to be undefeated to make the college football playoff. Now, yeah, they've got in undeservingly too many times and got their ass whooped for them to get in again without a conference championship, without being twelve and zero. Now, this would be the perfect season for them to get themselves in again with one of the best strength of schedules in college football, playing three teams that I believe are all going to finish top 15. Yep. But can they beat all three? I don't think so. And even with a loss to just one. I think that's such a tall task to beat all three of those teams. Even beating two out of the three, I think, with even just one loss. Again, no conference championship. I don't see them getting in again. Um, I really don't see them getting in again until either a 12-0 season with two top 25 wins or they finally get over themselves and get in a conference. I hope or, they do. That's what I was just about to say. And with play this, a conference championship. With all this conference realignment, I really hope they find a conference. I know it's like... They should be in the ACC. They play ACC in every other sport but football. I was listening to something and somebody was talking about how they like, like they think it's like tradition now for Notre Dame to be. Their fan base is so big that 
the reason they haven't gotten back in a conference is because they get to pick their schedule. Right. And, and they get to have games like this, like Clemson, Ohio State, and USC all in one year. You can't do that in a conference. And they already their fan base is so deep, they make enough money without needing a large TV deal. Yeah, from well, they've got NBC. They have an NBC deal. Yeah, all their, and it's they, they have their own. That that's what I meant. That's I. That's what I was thinking of. They have their own TV deal, so they don't even need. They don't need the ACC for ACC Network. They don't need the SEC for SEC Network and the SEC games that are televised. So that's the one reason they've stayed out. Yeah, um, I think they'll start it's making to their benefit as far as financially the program goes. Yeah. Like winning games. Playing more meaningful football, in my opinion, would be to be in a conference. Agreed. Yeah, but they, I think financially it makes more sense for them to stay out. Absolutely, and that's um, and that's you know why they've been there so far. So we've got our top three locked in. We've got Georgia. We've got Michigan. We've got USC. I think across the board here, I know I agree with those three. I don't know how Lance is feeling on those three. I don't mind it. I definitely agree with those three. Who is your fourth? So We've I, had a lot of talk. We don't really have any other undefeated teams. Right. So I, who's our one loss? I actually wrote down six teams that I think have the potential to make it with, with how I drew it up. I think you have your ACC champion in Florida State at 11-2. and two. Okay. I think that's a, it's a good team, obviously champion. Uh, that runner-up in Clemson, who's 12-1. and one. I, I really don't see a world where... Clemson gets in over Florida State after losing to them, unless Florida State's loss is to like Louisville or Duke or Duke like or NC Tech, State. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, I think you have your Pac-12 runner-up in Washington State at, or at Washington at eleven and two. I think they, if they have the season that I think they're going to have, um, I think they have a chance. Obviously, some pieces have to fall the right way. Um, you have your Big Twelve champion in Texas at eleven and two. You have your SEC runner-up at LSU in eleven and two. You have good old Ohio State, no championship appearance, one loss, and their one loss is to the number two team in the country. So if I'm looking at that and seeing what we've seen from the committee over the years, mm-hmm. the popular pick to the committee for me mm-hmm. on the outside looking in is going to be the Buckeyes. I agree. No championship appearance because they're in the same division as Michigan. Yep. And their one loss of the season being to the number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. I would say, because I think LSU can have an undefeated regular season if they don't lull to sleep in that last game of the season. Yep. I think they can have an undefeated season, and that's they got to show up week one. They got to show up week one. If they do that, they're undefeated going into the SEC championship. Obviously, I have the dogs winning. The only reason I don't see a one-loss runner-up LSU in the college football playoff is because they would be that fourth spot with three 12-0 teams, or 13-0 teams, I'm sorry, playing Georgia again. Yeah, I, which I, the committee they don't want to see another rematch back. It would be back-to-back weeks too. Like we say that. But they did it two years in a row with Georgia, Georgia Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. So it's not out of the realm of possibility. The SEC does have the largest fan base, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in in college football. Mm-hmm. So it's not like people aren't going to watch because it's a rematch. 
But I think the way the committee likes to play, Ohio State. I agree. I think it would be actually much more beneficial for viewership to see another Georgia-Ohio State game. That was the best game of the year last year. Like, in my Absolutely. opinion, I think it was the best game of the year. And we've seen Georgia play LSU what would, in this scenario, be twice. And in my opinion, I think they're going to win by two touchdowns. Not 20, but two touchdowns against LSU if they play them in the SEC Championship this year. I think the audience would be much more interested in seeing another Ohio State game, which was a one-point game that could have gone really either way if there wasn't a shanked kick, if there wasn't a targeting. Um, but I think they'd much rather see that Ohio State game than see a third LSU game in the span of, what is that, what would that be, 12 months? Yeah. What I can really see, though, what I can really see is I can see Texas squeezing out with only one loss this year. I could see it happening. Mm-hmm. Being Big 12 champions. Yep. On their way to the SEC, the committee goes, we've got a bunch of one-loss teams. Out of the one-loss teams, the only one-loss team that is a conference champion is Texas, mm-hmm. which has to bode something. It is the Big 12. Mm-hmm. So I put, I put less weight on a Big 12 championship than I do a Pac-12 championship. Yeah. However, they are conference champions, which has to carry some weight. Right. And the committee knows what they're doing to give viewers a preview of what it's going to look like with Texas in the SEC. I could easily see a one-loss Texas, not a two, but a one-loss Big 12 champion Texas team squeaking by with that fourth spot. Honestly, I think it would be really, really entertaining. I think it would be really cool to see if Texas had one loss and made it to the College football playoff the year before they enter the SEC. One of the biggest fan bases still oh, for in sure. college football. 100%. So it's going to bring in money. It's going to have viewers because every SEC fan in the country will be watching Georgia. It's going to be watching Georgia going, get them Texas boys out of here. Yep. It's a little rematch. We get a little, we get a little, we get a little payback I think, for uh, the bowl game we lost a couple years ago. I think Texas is a sleeper this year. I think they're going to be good. They got to have one loss to make that, though. I'm not saying I'm, I want to predict this. I kind of do, but I'm not going to say it. I wouldn't be surprised if Texas goes into Tuscaloosa week two and wins. Honestly, we as do. early as it is in the season, I think it's their best chance. Honestly, I, I 100% agree. I think if they're playing Alabama week eight, it's there's no shot. Mm-hmm. But I think with the question surrounding the Alabama QB room, the terrible. And it's going to take they have. you not even just not even if the coordinators shake out to be good, two new coordinators with a new quarterback who's never started before. That new running back, it's probably pretty new wide receiver. Other than wide receiver room. other than Jacory Brooks and um, Jermaine Burton, pretty underwhelming wide receiver room. And that defense is still going to be good. Still going to be an SEC defense, but it's going to be one of the more lackluster defenses that Alabama has had in recent years. Quinn goes on the road. Alabama, playing. to me, is going to be the third-best defense in the, con- in the, in the conference. Behind Georgia and LSU. Absolutely. Quinn going in with playing with a chip on his shoulder. Thinks maybe if he doesn't get hurt, he can win that game. So, I, I think Texas could win. Let me see here. I think Texas could win, like, 24-17. to 17. I was going to say 28-24 if they, if they do win. I've got 27-24. So, pretty similar. I think 
going back to what we said earlier about Texas quarterbacks and like the potential of Ewers getting pushed out by the fans, I think the earlier in the season, the less confidence Alabama has in their quarterbacks and the more Texas has going into the season with Ewers. And if they were to play week eight, it would be the exact opposite. You'd have eight weeks of an Alabama quarterback, which you can build up confidence, versus if you have one loss going into that Alabama game week eight, if, if that's the hypothetical, then you have more pressure to put Archie in the game. Or Arch. Um, to see a, to see him play. Right. So I think playing story him in week team. two is much more beneficial for Texas. I absolutely agree. And I think if Texas wins that game, if Texas wins that game, they're going to be number four this year. Yeah, I agree. If they if they beat Alabama and beat the teams they should, they're they number should, four. They should be number four, and they should make the playoff. So I guess. And it's definitely. Back. I think the college. I think. The CFP committee is licking their lips yeah. at the idea of that. At the yeah, idea, those are, those at the idea of a Michigan USC matchup. That is a massive, massive game. Box office game for sure. And then a Georgia Texas matchup in the college football playoff one year before it expands and one year before Texas enters the SEC. I think we're looking at the most viewed college football playoff. In existence. I agree. I think those have to be four of the top eight fan bases in college football. I feel like they have, have to, be to be all up there. Have to be. Um, Only teams you're missing is Alabama, Ohio State. Alabama probably. Ohio Alabama. State. Notre uh, Dame. I might throw Tennessee into that. LSU. Or LSU. Or like a – does Nebraska still count? No. <laughs> they haven't counted for 20 years. Um, so we've got all our predictions in. We've got our college football playoff set. The top three are set. We've got a few guys that we're leaning towards in the four. I think Texas is going to pull out the four this year. Let's go. We're going to finish off today with top three Heisman finalists. Okay. I have a hard time believing that Caleb Williams will finish outside of the top three. I think he's going to have another great season. Um... I have a heart like voters fatigue's a thing, which is why I don't think he's gonna win. I think if you put a silhouette of every quarterback that's playing right now and their record and their stats on a screen and you showed it to all the voters, they'd probably pick Caleb Williams at the end of the year. However, I don't think they want to go pick a back to back quarterback. Um, I think he probably finishes fourth, third or fourth. Um, I think Bonix finishes second. I really I have a defensive player in mind. Do you? I do. Which one? And Lance is really going to like this one. You think Harold Perkins? I think seeing that they did let a Jordan Davis into the finalist. Did they? Just two years ago. Was he a finalist? He was a finalist. Oh, yeah, he came in like sixth, right? Or fifth? Somewhere inside the top five, I believe. Yeah. He was a finalist. Yeah, I remember voting for him like a hundred times. Will Anderson... Yeah, has also been a finalist. Yep. Jabril Peppers was a finalist a few years ago, too. I believe Harold Perkins will be in that mix. I believe Caleb Williams will be in that mix. I believe Ewers will be in that mix. Interesting. Now, is that well, my top... That's with the Texas beating Alabama, I assume? With Texas beating Alabama. Okay. Now, I losing think... to Alabama, that completely changes. Yeah. But with them beating Alabama, Ewers is in that mix... I think Drake May has a good season, but he plays for North Carolina. 
Yeah, he's going to have the numbers. He's going to have the numbers, but I don't think he's I just don't like think the, he's going to have the wins. Yeah, I don't think he's the wins, or I don't think he has, like, the flash. The flash. And especially playing for the team in which he plays. I don't, I don't think there's any other SEC guys that'll be up there. I think, I think Perkins, I like Perkins. If you want to watch good defense... So go back, talented. go back and watch our game last year against Arkansas. Arkansas, I was just it was, say, it was insane. It was not enjoyable to watch as an LSU fan. You guys lost, didn't you? No, we won, but it was, it was like, like thirteen, 13 to, 10 to ten. Yeah, in Arkansas, it was like thirty-five degrees in November, but Perkins had like like three now, two and a half, three sacks, yeah. two forced fumbles, bunch of tackles for loss, and you, which is why I believe he's going to be. But I think if the it, next in a. List of recent defensive players to be named a Heisman finalist. I think I think if any LSU player is going to be a finalist, it's going to be Jaden Daniels. Daniels. Yeah. I don't see it. I think he could be. I think I think there's much better quarterbacks that are going to have flashier seasons with better numbers. I'm just saying. I think at the him. end of at the end of the year, at the end of the year, he'll be the best quarterback in the SEC. Um, I could see that happening. I also. Like not not speaking about the Heisman, I have a little bit of faith in uh, KJ Jefferson. I think he's KJ, pretty solid. They have a good last year. They have a really good offense. They he's a big body a bunch of receivers. He plays like a Cam Newton. Yeah, he can get out in space. He can move. He can break tackles, and he's got a good arm. I actually think he might be the best quarterback in the SEC. Obviously, Jaden Daniels is great. I think he's going to have the wins, which are going to push him above KJ Jefferson. But I'm I think. Maybe statistically, wise, I think he's probably KJ Jefferson. Yeah, and that, that was a good. That was. I'm. I'm glad you brought him into the mix there because I had completely kind of overlooked him. Yeah. Um, another dude who might have more of the numbers, just not the wins. And I know I said earlier, I'm. I'm not high on him, but if I'm looking at at the big picture, Spencer Rattler could have a very good statistical season. I agree. Statistical. I. Just not wins, but in the same sense of KJ Jefferson. Yeah. And have a very good statistical season. Yeah, I agree. I actually I haven't said my my number one yet, and my number one is just kind of outlandish. Outlandish because I don't want to say Caleb Williams or Drake May or somebody who's in the top three. I think, barring how I think college the college football landscape is going to play out, I think Michael Penix has an incredible chance to win the Heisman this year. If he can keep his statistics up and lead this Washington team to 11 wins and a Pac-12 championship berth in a big bowl game, I think he has a very good chance to do something special. If you're going to throw him in the mix, another guy that you kind of have to talk about in that sense because he could have a very good statistical season and he's going to have the wins, J.J. McCarthy. I think J.J. McCarthy is more of a... Game manager. Yeah. He's more of a game manager. He's more... But he could. He's more of a... He's going to have the wins. It's really hard to win as a quarterback with the best running, running back, back in the tandems, And that's... It's really hard. To we've win seen that in, with, with Georgia for years. It's so. just the way Michigan's offense likes to run. It's a more ground and pound, which it should with Corman Edwards. And then McCarthy's there for the play action. Dump off to the tight end. Or not necessarily dump off, but find the tight end in the middle of the field. If the defense, if it wasn't so much of a quarterback award, it wasn't so much of a quarterback award. I think Corm should finish top five this year. Brock Bowers, Bowers. Uh, The thing about Bowers is he's so talented and he's so 
just consistent. He's so good. But in order to win this Heisman, when's the last, I was talking about this earlier, when is the last Heisman winner who hasn't had that flash, that super spectacular, like, he's got the persona and he's got, like, the the on-the-field shiftiness. Bowers is going to beat you with eight catches for 111 yards and two touchdowns. The shiftiness, though, you, you can't. He is agile. He is. For the boy can six, move. 6'3". Six, he's, he's got some flashy plays. The issue is, yes, I, I do agree, he doesn't have the persona. And I and think, I think I'm going to be honest, he's good, but he's got, a, he's got a stat pad this year if he wants to have a chance at the Heisman. 100%. He's got to be. Even, be, even last year, a great season, 9.50 and 7. I can name 10, or I, I can't name. There will be at least 10 receivers in college football that catch for 1,200 yards this year. Yeah, there'll be some Western Kentucky receiver who goes for 1,824 touchdowns. Yeah, but nobody's going to be looking at that because that doesn't matter. In uh, terms of, like, that Western Kentucky kid isn't when it, isn't playing meaningful football. I hey, mean, he's playing D1 hey, football, but he's not playing, like... Yeah. Bailey's, Bailey's, shout out Bailey's app. Um, I'm not saying he's going to even be a finalist. <laughs> I'm just saying yeah. he's going to have... If it was more a of a who is the best player, just player, like overall, their position, they dominated, and not just a who's the flashiest yeah. with the most insane wins and normally a quarterback award, he would have a solid chance. If we're talking non-quarterbacks, we should probably mention Marvin Harrison Jr. I was just about to bring him up. I think he's got, he's got outside of a quarterback this year, outside of a quarterback this year, he's got the best opportunity to win before anybody else. Yeah, I was just looking at the odds. He's got – he's – like fourteenth, he's the highest non-quarterback on here. There's um, thirteen quarterbacks above him. There are. Is Jaden Daniels? Him. Does Jaden Daniels really have the second best odds to win he the does. Heisman? Daniels, it's Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, Quinn Ewers, Michael Penix, Cade Klubnick, Jordan Travis, Sam Hartman is number seven, which I found quite interesting. There you go, Joe. Yeah, <laughs> Bo Nix, JJ McCarthy's number ten. Uh, no, nine. Drake Mays, number 10. Carson Beck, number 11. Kyle McCord, who hasn't even no been named the starter yet. No Georgia quarterback will ever win Heisman. I don't think so. Because we just don't play that style of football. I think Fields had the best chance, but we kind of gave on the, up on and that. We, just, we really. just don't play that. That's not our style of football. No, but Marvin Harrison is number, what did I say, 13. Um Blake Corm is number 16. He's the only other non-quarterback on this list. Drew Aller and Joe Milton are also on here. But Joe Milton for Heisman is, is absolutely Milton. absurd. It just has the flash. That's it's, why he's on there. It's going to come down to can he connect. I don't think he can. I mean, I think he'll have... If he can, if he can hit his... He's not going to have the wins. I think they could win 11 to, games this year. 11, 11? 11, wins, 11 wins is a win over Alabama or Georgia. I think they could win. I think they could beat Alabama again. Not even gonna lie, I could see Alabama this year going like nine and three. They could beat Alabama. They could. I. They don't. do have. The, it is in Tuscaloosa, which is the one reason I don't think they're going to be. Alabama. I'm trying to go to that game. That will be so loud. Oh, it's gonna be crazy with but, the with the vengeance. Yeah, I could see Tennessee winning eleven games this year. You just you can't write off Alabama because they've got Nick Saban. Never. You can never write him off. You can't write him off, but. Um, all right, well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for the boys today. Um, we hope you enjoyed our college football overview, our predictions, kind of just our, you know, what we see in the landscape for the season. 
we really appreciate Jack driving out and being on the episode today. Um, we're going to have him back on to discuss the NFL season, the landscape, what we see coming, um, some awards, some predictions, playoffs, all that kind of stuff. Uh, you're definitely going to want to see that. He's got some takes that I'm really going to enjoy. He's got a take that Joe really isn't going to enjoy. Um, and we're going to have, he's going to have some very good stuff to talk about. Um, Jack, would you like to add anything for us before we close out? Yeah. Uh, I never said my national champion. We never talked about who wins the national championship. You want to throw that in there real quick? Real quick. Okay. I think uh, Georgia-Michigan is a absolute coin toss. I think... Michigan has the talent this year. I do. I agree. That's why I think last year I would have given Georgia the edge, like 60-40. I think it's an absolute 50-50 ball this year. What keeps us in is coaching, in my opinion. Yeah. I like Georgia's coach. I, I like... Michigan has the talent. Name. So Michigan's going to have the offense this year, for yeah. sure. If there's, but if there's an offense to be, they were supposed to have the offense when we blew them out two years yeah, ago. Yeah, but so. that was JJ McCarthy is better than McNamara. He's a seasoned he's a seasoned quarterback now. Two running backs. Um, they don't got to hope they stay healthy. I think they get that's been the issue. I think they get Cornelius Johnson back this year. They have I, th- I think insane offensive line too. The offensive line, and they've got a good tight end. I know he was. I think he was a freshman last year, but he played pretty well. I just wanted to throw that in. Absolutely. Any, any, I'm, any I'm, disagreements? Anybody but Georgia or Michigan? No. I think it's just, again, they're, they're the two most talented teams. They're the most stacked teams. They're two of the best, two of the most well-coached teams, and it's, they're just going to be hard to beat. They're just going to be hard to beat. So I would I'm, like to put my bias in there, but I can't say anything <laughs> yet. Not yet. I gotta You're see it close. happen. I gotta You're see getting it happen. Close. I yeah, didn't even. I didn't even say anything in 2019 because I didn't think we were gonna be that good. You're getting close. I just don't think you're there yet, and I don't think Brian no. Kelly is that guy. But we're gonna see. Any Notre Dame love? I mean, no, not really. I see him losing at least three games this season because I have no faith in Notre Dame. But <laughs> well, again, we appreciate Jack for coming on. Um, if you guys enjoyed having Jack on, leave us a comment. Let let us know what you think about Jack's predictions, about the rest of our predictions. Let us know what you think we missed or maybe we hit on and, you know, how you think your favorite team is going to do down below. We would love to see it. Again, we appreciate Jack for coming on. Tune in next week to see his NFL predictions. And as always, we are out every Thursday. Check us out on YouTube. We're on Spotify, on Apple TikTok, Instagram for all the games and stuff. And we appreciate you guys for tuning in. We will see you next time. Peace.